Hello and welcome to the Daddy Saturday podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bath. I'm also the founder and chief dad officer of the Daddy Saturday and Daddy Saturday Foundation, where it is our goal to impact 10 million fathers in the next 10 years and end the fatherlessness epidemic. We do that in a variety of ways, and one of those forms is this podcast. We bring you experts that give tips, tricks, even dad hacks on how to become a better father and raise good kids that become great adults. Make sure you subscribe down below and stay tuned each week where we bring you expert guests. We've already recorded a bunch of podcasts in advance, and I can tell you you're not going to want to miss this lineup. Also, DaddySaturday.com for all things Daddy Saturday, including the Alexa skill, the book, Daddy Saturday, which is a field manual for fatherhood, and many other tools and resources that are coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned and take advantage of DaddySaturday.com. Well, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome not only my guest for today's podcast, but someone that I look up to, that I respect, and someone who's become a friend in a short time frame, Mr. J.T. McCormick. J.T., this talk about a headline, guys. J.T. is the successful CEO who started as the son of a pimp and an orphan. J.T. has risen through the ranks as an overcomer. He's overcome many obstacles in his life. He's been up at the top and back down and back to the top again in his professional career and most currently serves as the CEO of Scribe Media, who also happens to be the publisher of Daddy Saturday. So honored to have him on the show today. Most importantly, JT is an amazing husband to his wife, Megan, and their four children, Ava, Jackson, Ellie, and Jace. JT, so glad to have you on the show today. Man, that introduction, I was literally sitting here, I'm like, who the hell's about to walk into the room? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it's so good you can go home and, and play it for Megan later. Oh, man, that was great. I, I, I truly appreciate it. And what, what, I, what jumped out to me as well there, Justin, is when you said that your book is the field manual. And I thought to myself, ah, you know, at times it is kind of a battle with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as as you well know, with four kids and as a as a recent child that just came along, you're not given a a manual when you have kids, right? And so, while I don't talk about the the early stages of parenthood, certainly as the kids get to the age where you can engage with them, all of us dads need all the help we can get. And Daddy Saturday is a bit of a field manual to help them along the way. Oh, totally, man. The the book is phenomenal, and I don't just say that because obviously we we published it. Uh, phenomenal book. And for uh, all the fathers out there, I got to imagine you've got some that are just like, just like me where, you know, I never had an example from a father of what to be as a father, but I did. I always take the positive from every negative circumstance. And as you mentioned, my, my father, he was a pimp. Uh, he fathered 23 children. So I never had a, an example of what to be as a father, but I did have an example of what not to be as a father. So I, I took that positive from it. But yeah, man, uh, four kids in five years, you, you, you rolled them off there. I've got a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. Tons of chaos, tons of love. But yes, the, the, the manual, the field manual has definitely been beneficial to me as well. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So let's talk about your background a little bit because you have clearly a very unique background. But but like many fathers, you experienced a form of fatherlessness in, in your youth and you overcame that and you just hinted to it a little bit that you certainly wanted to 
be the example and give your kids something that you just didn't have when you were growing up. So maybe give us a, a bit of how fatherlessness affected you and how you're hoping to change that dynamic with your own children and family. You know, fatherlessness, I struggled. I'll go kind of into my adult years. And it wasn't just with being a father. You know, you have to be in a relationship first. And that that's very important for me because fatherhood and, and parenting, it, it, that's second. First, you have to know how to hold a relationship. And for me, Justin, I could not hold a relationship to save my life, man. I, I was horrible. I was a monster. And unfortunately, so many of my examples came from my father. I did not have an example of what's a healthy relationship supposed to look like? You know, my mother was an, an orphan. She was raised in an orphanage. So when she left the orphanage, she had no clue what a healthy relationship was supposed to look like. So, you know, I grew up in, in complete chaos with no real direction or understanding what a healthy relationship is or was. And it took me 40 years. I, I got married when I was uh, 40. And it took me 40 years to finally get my act together and realize how to have a relationship, how I'm supposed to conduct myself in a relationship. And then that trickled down to being able to be that father for, for my children. But I had to understand how to have a relationship first and foremost with my wife and second to, to my children. Oh, so important, JT. And and I think that you described really well some of the impacts of fatherlessness. And it often takes a lot of time to overcome that because you didn't have that formal model in your life. And now you have that opportunity with your children. You know, you mentioned in um, one of your speeches that you, you open up, you said, I'm not a drug dealer, I'm not a rapper, I'm not an athlete, but I am very successful. And that's not a normal way to open a speech, right? <laughs> Especially if you're a successful business person. Uh, and but I love that. And, and I think that, you know, you have defined success in a differentiated way than most people have. And you've gotten there in a completely unique path than most everybody has. So how do you define success? And then what are some of the ways that you want to help your kids achieve a, a similar level of success in their lives? Oh, man, just I so appreciate that question. It's I, I'll say this. Success is defined by the individual. And so much of our society, especially we, we live in an Instagram, Facebook, uh, social media world, and so many people are allowing their success to be defined by what they see on Facebook or, or Instagram. And success is defined by the individual. So it, me specifically, for years, success was defined by money. And my goal was make a million dollars, make a million dollars. And I remember the day I saw the counter uh, on my balance go from 998000 over to a million. No balloons came down. No streamers <laughs> came down. You know, it was, okay, you've got $2 more, but nothing changed. And, and I realized, wow, okay, now what do you do? And it was, it was interesting because it was the second time I had had that feeling. I never expected with, with my background, I never expected to live to be 25 years old. And I remember when I turned 25 thinking to myself, okay, what do I do now? I didn't plan for after 25. I just lived or, or survived up to 25. Now, what do I do? And I had an emptiness about me and the same thing happened with the million dollars. And one of the greatest things that happened to me in defining success was 
I lost all that money. Matter of fact, I was negative broke because I, I had to borrow money from my stepdad and my best friend to, to pay my rent. But it forced me to look at myself in the mirror and define my character because I had accomplished what I called success by making a million dollars, but my character was still horrible, couldn't hold a relationship. Uh, I, I was not the best person I could be. So when I went broke, I had to have a conversation in the mirror, a full conversation out loud and tell myself, okay, you had the money. Now you don't. You're still the same person. What do you want your character to be going forward? And that's when I started defining success. And for me, it, it now comes down to these five areas in life, God, health, family, business, and investing. If it doesn't fall within those five categories, I don't do it. Love that, JT. Love that. I, I know that there are several others, including myself, who have buckets, as I call them, in my life. And if it doesn't fit in the bucket, then you don't do it. That's how you prioritize your life. And um, very similar in the way we think about that. So I love your approach. And, and you know, I think for our listeners, that's a great way to help you prioritize your life and not let things get out of balance. JT, you, you talked about success. Let's flip that coin and go to the other side of it and talk a little bit about failure. And you and I have had this conversation in depth and, and both have been vocal about it on our social media and, and through articles and, and writings and what have you. And it's this concept of, of failure. And, you know, is it okay to fail? <laughs> what is failure? And, you know, how do you encourage failure in your kids or that concept of experiencing it in their youth instead of in adulthood? You know, it's, it's crazy. Every, every time you said, the, uh, said failure, I, I would just, I cringe and I, I tense up because you, like you said, you and I have had this conversation. I personally will not use the word failure. I make mistakes. And I truly believe this, and, and, and hear me out, you've already heard my rant on this before. I truly believe you only fail if you stop trying. And for me, I won't stop trying to be the best husband, father, leader, person that, that I can be. You know, I've got a lot of failed relationships because we broke up and we're not together anymore. So, okay, I stopped trying. But we live in a society where we have the audacity to say we learn the most from our mistakes, but no one is sharing their mistakes. How, you know, wh why am I supposed to learn? How am I supposed to learn uh, to move forward if no one is sharing their mistakes? And, and it's interesting to me, too, Justin, how many people celebrate the Jeff Bezos, the, the Elon Musk, the, the Steve Jobs, and they, and they talk about, you know, top five things Elon Musk has done, top 10 things Jeff Bezos did to success. Well, share his mistakes, because that's where, where I'm going to learn. So for me, I'm big on make all the mistakes in the world, but learn from your mistakes, grow from your mistakes, and don't repeat the same mistakes. Oh, that man, that's so good. And, and I, I completely concur with you. And you know, I think you can call it what you want, right? The important thing is that you're making mistakes in this case, and you're moving forward and you're learning from those. Exactly. Uh, one, thing, one thing you mentioned is that, you know, in the Instagram society we live in today, people are so afraid to show anything but their highlight reel and all they show is their, their success stories, right? And, and that's all they want to talk about. How do you do that with your kids? Do you, do you openly share your mistakes? I know you have young kids, but for those that are, you know, getting up there a little bit what they understand, do you share your mistakes ever? Do you talk about those things so they see it in you and model that for them? So, so uh, allow me to share a quick story with you, Justin. So, you know, this, my, my two oldest, 
go to a Christian private school. And so I'm, I'm very open with, with sharing my mistakes. I don't believe in coddling my, my children. And, and you know, and I, I'm not talking about with my children, some of the, you know, uh, sexual molestation that I went through as a kid. I'll save that till they get, they get older, but I also don't, don't shelter them and, and bear, bear with me here. I, I shared this with someone else the other day. Uh, I told them that I show my five-year-old pictures of homeless children in India and the children that are living in the slums and, and digging through uh, trash to just to survive. And someone asked me, they said, well, don't you think your daughter's too, too young to see those images? And I said, let me get this straight. The five-year-olds who are actually living in it, they're not too young to live in it, but my five-year-old who lives in a gated community and goes to a private Christian school is too young to see it? No, she, she's wow. not too, too young to see it. So uh, back, back to my story of your, your question of sharing, I had shared with my uh, daughter that I went to juvenile, uh, three, juvenile detention three times when I was a kid. And I told her it was, kid, you know, kid gel is where I went. And she went back to the, to the school and shared that with their teacher. <laughs> the teacher then shared with the principal. And I get this call about, hey, um, your daughter said that you were in uh, kid gel. And we just wanted to clarify. And then they Googled me and they saw the book. And, man, it turned into this huge ordeal. Uh, now, it, it, But, yes, I share my mistakes with my children. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Uh, I can only imagine the things our kids take to school sometimes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, it's so great. Well, JT, you know, as you look at, uh, you also have the privilege now in your your uh, day job of really working with a diverse range of authors and experts and authorities in their field and especially those in the business space. And, you know, I'm sure that that this topic comes up from time to time or in the conversations of what you see you see people that are trying to manage that tension between work and home or calling and career and, you know, all those different components. Is there anything in, in your, your work life that, and the exposure you have to all these great experts that you could comment on or anything that you see as kind of a, a core theme? You know, the core theme that I've seen, and, and you know this, it's the hot topic right now. Everybody's preaching work-life balance, work-life balance. And I, I just find the whole concept to be BS. We all have to have careers to feed our families, to, to pay our bills, to, to, to survive. And I, I don't look at work-life balance. There's just balance. And, and as you heard me say earlier, I have five things that, that I focus on. I'm pretty confident I've made them enough money that I could afford uh, ESPN on our DirecTV subscription, but I don't have ESPN on there because unless Tom Brady is going to send me part of his $20 million check, I don't care. That That's time that I could be spending with my family. I'm a, I love golf, Justin, love it. But man, that's four and a half hours out on the course. That's time that I could spend with my family. So when my kids get old enough, you know, I'll take them all out. And we'll take golf lessons with them. But right now, that's that's quality time. So I believe it's really balance that it, that everyone is searching for. And unfortunately, many people don't know or or won't find that balance in their life. You know, you can't be in the bar Thursday through Sunday, wake up Monday morning and complain that you, you're not a step closer to your, your goals that you want to accomplish. You can't binge watch uh, Game of Thrones 
from Friday at six o'clock through Sunday at 6 p.m. and complain on Monday, you're not achieving your goals. So I, I personally believe it's more of a balance that everyone is after, especially with all the books that come through here, the executives that come through here, entrepreneurs, people are struggling to find balance, not work-life balance, 100% balance in, in their life. As I'm almost hearing you say that, it's it's almost like you want to just take, just like you took toward failure out. When you were saying balance, it was almost making me cringe because you know I'm hearing people searching for something that yet no one seems like they can achieve. And it's almost like you need to replace the word balance with purpose, right? Yeah, and totally. What's your work-life purpose? What's your purpose in life? Um, and go towards that and respect the fact that you have multiple callings in life. You're called to be a business person or an executive or a business owner, whatever your job is. You're called to be a father, a husband, a, a Christian, whatever you know your, your makeup is. And so you can have multiple callings in life and it's when some of those things get out of balance, yes. like you said, and that's where the issue arises. Totally, totally. I mean, you, you nailed it. And, and unfortunately, you know, with, with that balance, with that purpose, uh, we, you know, I'm gonna keep picking on Facebook and Instagram here. It, it, with that balance and that purpose, so many people are tied up into that, uh, the, those social media outlets. They don't realize that with balance and, and purpose also comes sacrifice. You, you can't do everything. It just, it just is what it is. I can't be on the golf course and be with the kids. You know, you have to find that balance and purpose of the things that mean the most to you. You can't be everything to all people. Absolutely. Well, JT, in our, in our closing time here, I got a couple of uh, final questions for you. One is you have the, I guess we'll call it a pleasure uh, of working with Tucker Max and you know, <laughs> Tucker, Tucker just had a child recently. So he's, he's trying to catch up to you and I with, with four kids deep each. Um, have you given Tucker any advice on parenting with the recent addition that he's had? You know, it's it's interesting, man. I, I share this with so many people. You know, we people hear the name Tucker Max and immediately they go back 10, 11 years ago to the, the books that he wrote and, and the lifestyle that, that he wrote about. And, you know, all of us have things in our past that we're not proud of or things that we did, even if we are proud of them. You know, 10, 11 years have passed now, you know, People want to hear this. This is what they want to hear when they ask me, hey, JT, what's it like working with Tucker? They want me to say that, oh, yeah, I come into the office and he's passed out butt naked on the conference table. And <laughs> there's beer cans everywhere and there's naked women laying all around the conference room. That's what they want to hear. And when I express to them, I say, look, man, Tucker has three children, a daughter. He has two dogs, lives in a gated community, has a wine cellar, and he's in bed by 9, 9 p.m. each night their mouths drop because they're like, okay, that's not the story I wanted to hear. You know, he's he, who he was then and who he is now, two different people, di different man, night and day. So, uh, you know, I, I haven't personally dropped a lot of uh, fatherly knowledge on him, but we definitely learn from one another back and forth. You know, we share our mistakes, share our successes. And, and that's really cool to work with someone who our children are, literally months apart you know he has three i have four and our children are literally months apart from one another that's great and i'll have to have tucker on the podcast so he can then dish on you in return <laughs> for sure I, I, you'll get a lot there <laughs> wonderful well final two questions yeah. as we wrap up here so one is is a question i ask all of my guests and 
um, whether you're a boat guy or not, imagine you have a, a very large boat, like a yacht that you have enough room to put a name on the back of it. JT, what would you name your boat? Uh, wow. I, I've got two possibilities that I would have to think through. One may be McCormick, which is my last name, as some may say, okay, that's pretty arrogant. Well, if you know my background, I don't know where my last name comes from. You know, my mother was uh, given that last name when she was in the orphanage, and she doesn't know where or why that last name was given to her. And then when my mother gave birth to me, she, uh, my father was not there. She had to walk herself to the hospital when she gave birth to me. And because he wasn't there and because I was all she had in the world, she gave me this last name that we don't know where it comes from. Uh, and now I'm very proud that I've got four children who have that last name. My wife has that last name. So I'm very proud of it. it so it's not an arrogance that I would want to put it on the boat. It's just a representation of where I come from and wanting to leave a legacy for my family. Oh, man, that's so cool. So cool. One of the best answers I've had to that question by far. I appreciate awesome. it, sir. Yeah. And then in, in final comments, and then I'm going to ask you to, to talk a little bit about yourself where people can find you and also some information on Scribe. But before I do, uh, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? So maybe one thing that just overall as a father you think would impact the listeners the most? You know, as, as a father, I, I'm going to say this as a father, as a man, as an American, as a human being in this country, you know, we, we live in a very interesting time right now in our country. And there's so many different aspects of it. And there's such a divide in so many areas. And when I look at the opportunities that this country provides for us as fathers, as individuals, as humans, uh, it, it's so important to me to recognize what we actually have and what we can provide. And so many people are down on this country, but excuse my language, damn it, it's still the greatest place on this earth to live. And I never lose sight. And I, I'm always going to let my children know this as well. Regardless of your political belief, there is a single mother right now walking 1,100 miles from Honduras trying to get into this country to create an opportunity for herself and her children. I never lose focus of that. Put the wall and all that other stuff, immigration to the side. There is someone walking 1,100 miles with two children to try to provide an opportunity for themselves. There's a mom and a dad with their children on the banks of Syria trying to flee that country just to stay alive. I, regardless of my father being a pimp, my mother being an orphan, me not knowing where my last name came from, I was born in this country. I have a responsibility to be the very best person I can be to, to my wife, to my children. And as the leader of the com company, I have a responsibility and I thank God every day I was born in this country. Oh man, that is so great and, and so true. So thank you for sharing that truth with us, JT. I appreciate uh, it, sir. Yeah, where can people find you? How can they find more out about you? You got your book I got there on Amazon. I know, um, give us where they can find you and then tell us a little bit about Scribe Media as well. So the best place to find me, I'm not a big social media person. I, you won't find me on Instagram, obviously. Uh, there is a Facebook page, but the company actually runs it. The, the place where I actually engage is on LinkedIn. Uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, a, a tad bit more professional. 
and I share a lot of my mistakes on there. So I post things every Tuesday, things that I've learned, successes, things of that nature, what, what I call valuable content. It's not a cat video. Um, so I, I post things on LinkedIn. I'm there every Tuesday. I engage with people. Uh, and then the company itself, man, you know, scribemedia.com tells you all the things that we do from our guided author workshop to we can publish your manuscript if you've already written it to our scribe professional process to where we can take you from start to finish from your book idea to publishing and in the course of seven to nine months. So scribemedia.com is where you can find out about the company. Uh, you can find JT McCormick on LinkedIn and there you have it, sir. Wonderful. Well, thank you, JT. Appreciate you being on. And I want to just give you and Scribe Media and the team a quick shout out and just say thank you because because of you and because of the team, um, we were able to complete Daddy Saturday and get it out there to the masses and help take one step closer to achieving our goal of impacting those 10 million fathers in 10 years and ending fatherlessness. So thank you guys because you were a big part in making that happen. Oh, man, Justin, I appreciate the movement, man. And, and, and I kid you not when I say this, I, I have my father poker chip on my desk but it's an orange poker chip you gave me so man i i am definitely proud to be a part of the movement no thanks man that's because you're all in on fatherhood and and you absolutely are after hearing you on this podcast so thanks again uh, for all of you listening as always be intentional be engaged raise good kids that become great adults and make it a great daddy saturday until next time